You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. First Kings chapter number 17, and we'll read just a few verses. Obviously, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, as it announces Elijah the Tishbite into Israel's history. In the first few verses, you basically have Elijah's introduction, and in the exact same verse, he proclaims to the king of Israel that there would not be any water in the kingdom. Then he goes to the brook Cherith. That's a great name, Cherith. Wow. He goes to the brook Cherith, and he goes there, and the ravens were provided from God to take care of Elijah while he escapes King Ahab's attempts to find him. And this is where we pick it up in verse, uh, verse number 7. We'll read until verse number 16. Just follow along as I read, please. Verse number 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise. Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when the key came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel, and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and, make, uh, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the words of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. I want to draw your attention to uh, almost the beginning of verse number 9. Arise. Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there before I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. The Bible says that he, God had prepared and commanded a widow woman to sustain Elijah during this time. Obviously, there was famine in the land, and uh, different resources were scarce. But God commanded it of the widow woman. And Elijah, when he arrived at Zarephath, found the woman right away and started to kind of demand things. This must have been a difficult thing for the widow woman. Not only did she deal with the death of her husband and taking care of her son, but she had to battle the famine that was in the land because there was no water. And now she was picking up sticks at the gate of the city. Her life was by no stretch of the imagination probably an easy life to live. She probably had a hard road traveled up until this point. Her life also was probably nothing special. As you can see, it doesn't even mention her name, just the widow woman. She didn't have any inheritance from her husband. She had no servants. She basically had no possessions. When you looked at her, you didn't see the next Ruth of Israel. Or when you looked at her, you didn't think she was going to be the next Esther. She really wasn't anything extraordinary. 
In fact, it was quite the opposite. For she was not doing so well for herself. She would absolutely have not been considered a success by our standards. But success is not measured in social status or financial status. But success to God is measured in obedience to His commands. Tonight, as we focus on this account and this amazing widow woman, I hope there are three key things that we can take from this portion of Scripture. Number one, I hope we can see God's choice. The entire situation in which we read, it was all chosen by God. God, in His infinite and almighty wisdom, decided and chose to have this poor widow woman take care of Elijah. He decided that that was the best plan to take. It certainly doesn't make any sense to us. certainly doesn't sound right. You're looking for somebody to take care of the man of God, and you point to literally the poorest widow woman there was. She had only enough meal to make one cake for her son and for herself, and then she was about to die. You wouldn't think that this was the choice. If you looked and you saw all the people of Israel that could take care of Elijah, you would not have considered this widow woman. She would not have been at the top of the list. She would not have been in the middle of the list. She would have been at the very, very bottom. But God, in His infinite wisdom, chose this widow woman to take care of Elijah. It doesn't make sense to us, but it made sense to God. God said in Isaiah 55, 8, 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your, uh, your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For God knows exactly what He's doing. God sometimes chooses things that obviously don't make sense to us, and it wouldn't have been our first choice. God chooses timetables that are not our timetables. He chooses situations that are not our first choice. Uh, If you're looking at life and you have the different things that you would like to do, sometimes God chooses a different path. When God sends a situation our way and takes care of it on His own timetable and in His own methods, it doesn't always make sense to us. But it's still His choice. Still God's choice. And God's choice is always the best choice. He doesn't have to run it by us for approval. He doesn't have to get our written consent. He doesn't need our approval. And it's not up to us to play as if we were God. If God's chosen it, He can handle it. Romans 8.31, And what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? When there are times in your life when things appear difficult, let God handle it in His omniscience and omnipotence. He knows what is best. For God has a specific purpose and a chosen plan for each of our lives as Christians. And who are we to say anything against God's plan? Let us not be guilty of, oh, that's a great plan, God. That's an awesome plan. But do you mind if we just tweak this little thing? That's that's a great plan, God. I'm in that 99%. But do you mind if we just change that 1%? For God's choice is always the best choice. It would not have been our first choice to choose this widow woman, but it was up to God. And thank goodness it was, because the miracle provided at the end of the chapter, we could not have done it. God knows exactly what He's doing. He knows exactly the situation. Uh, as, a, as a child, one of our favorite toys growing up, my, myself and my brother, one of our favorite cho- uh, toys was Connects. Does anybody know about Connects in here? A few? Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel good. Connects, it was one of our favorite things, uh, and it's kind of, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of a more modern uh, erector set. It's made out of plastic pieces, 
And they have two different kinds of pieces. They have uh, the different sticks, and then they have connectors. And that's literally the only times, types of pieces they have. They did have different lengths of the sticks. They have a color-coded. They have the long gray one. They have a medium-sized yellow one. They have a shorter white one. They also had all the different connectors. They had a flat connector that had six across. They had the two where you can just connect two sticks together. They had all the different connectors and, obvious, and all the different sticks and all the different things like that. And that was probably one of our favorite toys to play with. I'm pretty sure it was just so we could annoy our sisters, though, and we would build these monstrous things and just put it in the hallway, and if, you know, if they touched it, if they kind of messed it up, obviously we would tell on them, obviously. Uh, and, you know, we put it in the hallway, and we just leave it there for them to kind of stumble over or discover. Uh, but we had a good time building with connects. We actually had two huge, clear plastic boxes, big plastic boxes, deep, full of thousands and thousands, I, I wish I was exaggerating, I'm not, thousands of connects pieces. And the reason that they were clear boxes is because as you were building something, you needed a specific piece. And they were all color-coded, all the different connectors and all the different sticks were color-coded, so you knew exactly what it looked like, you knew exactly the color that you need, and so you'd search on the top of the box, you'd look in there, and you wouldn't see the piece that you need. And so then you started examining the sides of the box, you'd go around and you'd try to find the piece that you were looking for, Take your hand, go in there, reach across, push it up against the side, and slide it all the way out for exactly what you needed for what you were doing. But in order to get to amass all of those connector pieces, you had to buy them in separate sets. And with those different sets, they had the picture on the front of the box of exactly what it was supposed to look like. And it would be some monstrous Ferris wheel or some great car that would come in there. And you'd have to build it. There was motors that came with some of the connect sets. And so you'd have to build it, you'd have to put it together. And like I said, you'd have, you'd have to do all of the work yourself, really. And so, but inside of that set, obviously there was the picture on the front of the box that that connects set. But inside the set was a set of instructions, instructions. And as a, uh, obviously, the, uh, one of the most well-behaved elementary boys, I took that set of instructions and I threw it away. And then I didn't even look at them. And even today, as a young man, I, I take all the instructions I throw them away. I don't even look at them like a good man and a, uh, I think a biblical man, really. But uh, <laughs> that's not true. But I wouldn't even look at those instructions. You know, the person who put that Connect set together, that specific set, you know he had a specific purpose for each and every one of those pieces. You had each piece that you would need in order to build and to design that specific set or that specific project. And that set of instructions was there to tell you how to reach the final product. The creator of that set had hid in his wisdom and he knew exactly what it was supposed to do. He knew exactly where every piece was supposed to go. He knew exactly how they were all supposed to fit together. And I took those instructions and I threw them away. You know, although we made some pretty neat things, uh, we built some cranes, we built some uh, uh, cars at, at one point, we built different robots that would actually walk. We built some pretty neat things, but I can tell you, I was never able to make it look like the box. I was never able to make it look like it was supposed to. Like, the, that, like that creator of that set had originally intended that set to go, I could not duplicate it. I would look at the box and I would think, yeah, I, I can probably do that. I, I can see the major pieces. I can see what it sort of looked like. I can probably figure out the rest and put it together on my own. But I was never able to make it look like the box. And for us, God gives us a specific set of instructions. 
How foolish it would be for us to throw away that instruction manual, even though he has a specific plan for each and everything that's brought into our lives, even though he has a specific plan and a specific purpose and a chosen purpose for exactly what our lives are supposed to look like, but yet we take the instruction manual and we throw it away. And we say, I know better. I can improve upon the original design. I can make it better. But we can't. God's choice is so much better than our choice. His plan is so much better than our plan. His purpose is so much better than the purpose that we see. For He can see it all. He is the master of the plan. And He knows exactly where every piece is supposed to go. For His choice, and even though those pieces, sometimes you get into that set, and you'd see, and you'd have the majority of it together, and you'd say, where does this piece go? What, what is this piece supposed to do? Hey, guys, have you ever been putting something together, and you've had... A few extra pieces, right? A few, they give you some extras, right? That's exactly right. They give you some extras. But that piece has a specific design purpose. And the same thing for God, even though we don't understand all of the pieces, God has chosen it to be in our life for the grand picture and for the grand set at the end. At the end. Excuse me. You can take your Bible, Luke chapter number four. We'll come back to 1 Kings 17. But Luke chapter number four, if you can turn there very, very quickly. Luke chapter number four, and we'll just read two verses from Luke four about this widow woman. Luke chapter number four, Jesus is talking. He says in verse number 25, Luke four twenty-five. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. This is the same widow woman that we just read about in 1 Kings 17. It tells you there in the days of Elias or Elijah, and he went into a city of Sarepta, a city of Sidon or Sidon. And this widow woman, Jesus says that there were, uh, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Many widows were in Israel in the days of this famine. There were so many options that God could, could have chose from to send Elijah to. But he chose this specific widow. He chose this specific purpose. A person for a purpose. He did not mess up. God has never uh, made a decision and then said, oops. He has a specific chosen plan and his choice is always the best choice. There were so many other people to choose from. There were so many different options. He had just had the ravens come and feed uh, and come and uh, feed him at the brook Cherith. And now he was looking for somebody and he sent him to this widow woman. It's just an object of God's choice. For His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are so much higher than ours. Please turn back to 1 Kings 17. This widow woman probably had the least to offer. But God did not make a mistake. Number one, in this passage, we see God's choice. Number two, we can see God's command. Again, in verse number 9 of uh, chapter 17, Arise, to get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. This was a command from God. God had already commanded her to take care of him. 
It was not an option for her. It was a command from God. This is the same phrase that we can read in verse number 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. As God commanded the ravens at the brook Cherith, a place of refinement, a place of separation, a place of divine provision, God commanded the ravens just as He commands the seas, just as He commands the clouds, just as He commands the earth, just as He commands the beast, so He too commands us. Our job in this scenario is to obey. For that's what this widow woman did, and I can tell you it was not easy for her, for as we read, she only had that one cake left. And God had already previously to Elijah coming here, he says that he had commanded a widow woman there to sustain him. She was almost expecting him to come. And Elijah came and he started asking for a drink of water and then he asked for a cake and she said, I only have this one left. And Elijah says, make it for me anyway. How much faith and how much obedience it would have taken from her to fulfill this command. She literally had nothing left. She was the least, as we looked at earlier, the least choice, and she had nothing. But she still obeyed. What excuse do we have as Christians? For I guarantee you we have more possessions than she did. We have more food available than she did. We probably have some more abilities than she did, yet still we choose to not obey some of God's commands. There's a command to tithe. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Malachi 3, 8, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But we say, Wherein have we robbed God? In tithes and offerings. Just as Abraham gave a tenth part to Melchizedek after wrestling with God, Jacob says in Genesis 28, 22, And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. That tenth part that God has blessed us with, it all belongs to Him, but are we obeying Him in this area, in this command of tithing? There's a command to go soul in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Mark 16, 15, And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Acts 20, 20, Paul and the church went from house to house. For if we as Christians do not put forth effort into soul winning, who is going to reach the people of Santa Clara? If we do not put forth the effort and obey the command to go soul winning, who is going to reach the people of San Jose? If we don't put forth the effort and obey the command of soul winning, who is going to reach the people of Sunnyvale? It's a command from God, but are we obeying God's command of soul winning? There's a command to be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, For God hath not called us on cleanness, but unto holiness. 1 Peter 1, 16, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. For in Leviticus 11.44, there is a command to be holy, but are we obeying God's command? There is a command to serve. Acts 20.19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Galatians 5.13, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. There is a command to serve, but are we obeying God's command to serve? There's a command to attend church faithfully. I'm preaching to the choir, but Hebrews 10, 25, for not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's a command to be faithful in God's house, but are we obeying His command? There's a command to pray. Luke 18, 1, men out always to pray and not to faint. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. 
Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be, know, be made known unto God. There is a command to pray, but are we obeying God's command? When is the last time that we fell down on our knees on our, uh, on our own time and we said, God, we need your touch for this specific situation, for this event that's going on in our life, for these people, for, uh, that, that things are happening in our life? When is the last time that we obeyed God's command to pray? There are obviously more commands that are found that we can choose to obey, and these are just a few. But perhaps it's in God's choice that once we obey His command, He's able to do so much more. This widow woman, as she obeyed God's command and gave all that she had to the man of God, she literally gave everything. She had nothing, and she gave it all to God in obedience to His command. Then God was able to work a miracle. For that cruise of oil and that barrel of meal did not waste, and it was there, and it replenished for her. At this time, uh, he, she was taking care of Elijah. It says that uh, in verse number 13, uh, I'm sorry, 15, and he and she and her house had eaten many days, and Elijah stayed there many days, and she sustained Elijah during this time of famine. If she had not been there to sustain Elijah, who knows what could have happened. God obviously could have chose somebody else to use in, in this capacity, but she was counted with the blessings of all of Elijah's future ministry. As Elijah called down fire from heaven, it was because she took care of him this time. As Elijah crossed, uh, went up in a whirlwind, uh, fire and chariots, it was because she took care of him at this time. There are so many other miracles that Elijah performed, and Elijah did. He raised two people from the dead, all of the things that Elijah did and how Elijah was used mightily of God is because this widow woman took care of him at this time. You know, we also have a man of God to take care of. Our pastor has done so much, so, so many things for God. And he's continued and as he grows us and as we choose to sustain him and as we choose to serve him and as we give to him, we are now counted for the blessings of his ministry future on. There's a command. Obeying God's commands also go hand in hand with our reverence and love towards God. Many times in the Bible you see that loving God leads towards obeying his commands. Exodus 26, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. John 14, 5, if ye love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Loving God and obeying his commands go hand in hand. We see God's choice. It doesn't always make sense to us, uh, but it's up to God, and his choice is always the best choice. We see God's command, and we see her obedience to God's command and giving all that she had. And lastly, we see God's commitment. We see God's commitment. Verse number 16, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. God had commanded this widow woman to provide for Elijah, and in doing so, she gave all that she had. But when she obeyed, God still provided. God obligates himself to provide for us, and he is committed to taking care of us. For us, when we obey, God still provides it is not in God's nature to leave us out in the cold as we are in His will. 
We obviously know that he will always be with us. Hebrews 13, 5, God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God's commitment to providing for the widow woman and her son, and her son is evident in his provisions in the miracle of the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil. God will supply exactly what we need when we need it. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As we mentioned earlier, John 14.23, I'll read the whole verse. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. In the second part of the verse, And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. You know, when we tithe and when we obey God's commandment to tithe, God still provides. When we take time to go out soul winning and we take that extra time out of our week, even though we have such a busy week, we take that extra time, God still provides. When we take a time to be holy, God still provides. When we take time to pray, God still provides. When we are faithful to church, God still provides. God will not let you starve. God will not let you live in a cardboard box. God will supply all of our needs. He has been so good to our lives already. How can we doubt him now when we are obeying him? For he is committed to providing for his children. And God will not go back on his word. In the life of this widow woman, God's commitment to her eventually led to the raising up of her own son from the dead. And God takes care of his own. Uh, as I mentioned in the very beginning of, of, of the service and kind of an introduction, I, met, I mentioned my daughter, Juliet, and she turns seven months next week. And obviously there are so many parents in the room and so many people that have so much more experience. But I know this. I have a responsibility. And I have a duty to provide for her what she needs in her life. And me as a parent, there's not going to be a day that goes by where I don't provide the thing that she needs. Where I let her go out hungry throughout the day. And I don't provide a place for her to sleep at night. As she goes about her life, it's my job to provide for her. It's the same thing for God. God will provide for us. God will take care of us. He knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we've done. He knows exactly what situation we're going through. But God will provide. And God is committed to taking care of us. I guarantee you I will take care and give her what she needs. So God also takes care of his children. You ask me, Brother Flood, does she always have to obey you in order for you to provide? No, she doesn't. You know, oftentimes she doesn't. She, uh, she, uh, I sometimes don't always give her what she wants. And it's that at that time, at that moment, she decides to exercise her lungs. And man, she's got great lungs. <laughs> Woo, she can do it. And she can scream and she can yell. But you know, she doesn't always have to obey, but it's still up to me to provide. Still up to me to provide and to care for her. And if she loves me, she will obey. We as God's children, do we have to obey his commandments in order for him to provide for us? No. For God is still committed to us and God is still committed to meeting our needs. But if we love him, we'll obey his commandments. The same thing in this widow woman. She gave all that she had. She literally gave everything to God to obey him. And he did not forget her. He did not forget her. As, he, as she's even mentioned by Jesus in the Gospels, God did not forget this widow woman. In this passage, we can see God's choice, and God's commands, and God's commitments. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for what a great time we've had together tonight. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.